I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. So, welcome back to another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan. And I am Brenda Bryan. Hey. We're happy to be here today because we have guests. Yes, we do. And our guests are Ray and Judy Durling from the Durling Group. And At Leading Edge Real Estate. Thank you. I knew I was going to mess that up. <laughs> and the last time we spoke with them, they had to call in because of COVID. We're so, COVID. right. So that was right in the middle of 2020. And we are going to catch up on what's happening in the real estate market. And I'm super excited about it. Yeah, lots, lots going on. And yeah. so, welcome, Ray. Welcome, Judy. Thank you. Happy to have you guys. Thank you. We are excited to see you face to face. I know, uh, right? I remember vividly standing in the kitchen talking to you last, and <laughs> we weren't sure when we were going to come out of that kitchen. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah, what. We weren't either. Yeah, and it's really not over yet. I, I was just in a meeting where one of our project managers is uh, out for COVID right now, so it's still going on. Yeah. You know, but uh, but thankfully, not with the same level of uh, of Panic. mortality or yeah. uh, or all that stuff. So right, right. good to be moving on. So. Um, a lot has changed, right, in the marketplace, and a lot's going on, and we'd love to get... So even though the show, you know, as a podcast, we have people that listen from all over, um, and the real estate market is very local, right? So from part of the country to part of the country, or, or you know, we actually have people from outside the country listening, um, the uh, the real estate market is very local to each company, each organization, each area, I should say, um, but we'd love to get a handle on what's going on in the Northeast, what you're seeing in our, in our area, uh, and, you know, we in our construction business, we've seen things uh, behaving differently. Um, and so combination of the market changes, the rate changes, stuff like that. So um, so give us a little overview of what you're seeing going on. Absolutely. Good point, David. Uh, the greater Boston area where we are is unique in that our job economy is super strong with healthcare, financial industries. Um, so we are blessed with a very strong housing market in Greater Boston. And when I say Greater Boston, I definitely include Southern New Hampshire in that. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, Southern New Hampshire in the last three years is up 30% in home prices. Yeah. So Salem, for example, yep. up 30% in yeah, home is, prices. Which is crazy. And that's, I'm not surprised, but I think it's also because the, the, the market keeps pushing people a little bit further away than they had been in the past, right? Because stuff Correct. is getting sort of unapproachable, I think, the closer you get to Boston. Right. They can, they can afford more, bigger yard. Right. They, they right. can work from home. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. COVID accelerated that push for sure. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's why I think Southern New Hampshire actually is up higher than Northeastern Mass., which is still up 19% in the last time, last three years well, since COVID. I, that's funny. I would have thought that was more. I would have thought that number would be bigger. Well, it started okay. at a higher place, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> yeah. Sure did. Yeah, sure. yeah closer Absolutely. you get to Boston, yeah. as Judy said, uh, for yeah. sure it gets more expensive. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and, and like in Boston, too, like people in the beginning of COVID, they, they wanted to get out of there. Yeah. So right. the price, of, you know, like that was hurting. Yeah. And everybody, you know, north was, uh, they were flocking to mm -hmm. the suburbs. We so. have friends who have homes in second home markets. And, and, and for the folks that did have a second home, whether that was in southern, southern Vermont or whether that was, you know, uh, on the Cape or whatever, 
everyone was getting away from their primary residence, going to their secondary residence, and that market changed a lot too, right? Mm -hmm. that, in, in, in that time frame. That's a fact. And when we yeah. talked last time, we weren't sure what was going to happen. Yeah. But mm -hmm. what did happen is people fled to the waterfronts. Right. You cannot get a home on the waterfront in New Hampshire right. unless you pay a lot of money for mm -hmm. it. Right. Um, and that still is the case. Everybody wants water. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So another, this is just a, a, a tangent that Brent and I were talking about last night. Um, I, I don't think in the last, in, in the last five to 10 years, I have never seen so much um, apartment and condominium construction going on as we're seeing now. And I'm wondering where all the people are coming from. If, if you drive up and down Route 93 or you drive, like even where we are here in Salem with the Tuscan Village going on, there is an incredible amount of multi-unit housing going up. And I'm wondering, A, where the people are coming from, and B, what is that doing? Is Are those people that are choosing that housing, choosing that housing because they can't engage with the housing market as it is right now? Or what, what do you, you guys have any sense of that? You see all this housing? Uh, we are seeing it. I it's mean, incredible. I, it, Woburn, like all near the trains, exactly. all the commuter lines, it's like a whole village. These right. little villages are going, I feel, I feel like. And they're not small. The no. I mean, Assembly Row, Boston has, has just grown tremendously. Exactly. Up, you know, up to Somerville. Um, population growth, I would say internationals, you know, coming in, um, in, I think like, I, you know, like they do, they do start out in apartments too. Yep. They really, you know, that's, that, that's their first stepping stone. And there is a component of sellers who took advantage of a red hot market last mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. said, Hey, I think we're at a top for whatever their personal reasons were. It sure. may, may or may not have been time to sell, but they decided to take advantage of that market sure. and now they're renting. Yeah. Now that said, the demand for rent is also very strong and it's quite expensive. Yeah. So we are seeing that tipping point now that interest right. rates have gone up, it's a little more balanced. But as real estate agents, we still recommend home equity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, right? Because even, well, I don't know right now, but for a long, long time, um, a mortgage payment would compete with rent, right? And, and so if you have that option to pay similar money and build equity, it just seems to make all the sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know now that. Um, that rents have rent rates have climbed so high. I don't, but I'm, I'm not sure. Is there parity between the average rent you're paying and the need, the, the desire to get to your first home? I don't know how that works. Do you guys have it's sense a of that? It's a tougher choice. We have several buyers now that are that are not happy to rent, but they have resigned a lease because of the interest rate impact of their mortgage payment. Right, so what they it would can be? Buy less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I would think it would be really tough for first-time home buyers right now. Like a really not a great market to be entering into between the interest rates and, and the fact that the real estate market has gone up so much. I would say it is more difficult in that, uh, if, if particularly if the incomes aren't there to support it, mm -hmm. there's a, a large segment of the population where it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. Those that do have those higher paying jobs, mm -hmm. double incomes, um, they can afford quite a nice house still. Yep. And yep. so we encourage if it's time is right for you, for your life and your incomes, your situation, whether it's you want to have a dog and you can't have one where you are, or you sure. want to have kids, or what have you. Um, we're fans of making those life decisions based on life mm -hmm. more, more than numbers. Right, right. Now that, yeah, we, we actually use this term in our business. Instead of ROI, return on investment, we talk about ROE, return on enjoyment, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, no one needs to put an addition on their home rarely and no one needs to do a new kitchen necessarily it's enhancing the quality of your life in your home right mm -hmm. and uh, and you know that's that's a question of enjoyment more than it is trying to turn a profit right, right. so um so let's let's take a, a little turn for a second talk about interest rates i mean mm -hmm. you guys don't have any more of a crystal ball uh than uh, than we do 
Uh, but I'm curious what your what your expectations are, your opinions are. Um, just one quick little anecdote. Um, one of our neighbors we had uh, we had over during the holidays. We were chatting, and their one of their jobs switched so that she needed to be south of Boston, and they're right across the street from us in Andover. And uh, they were like, "Wow, this is uh, you know not a great commute. I think we're going to try to move." But they were already locked at three point something, mm-hmm. right? And they made the choice to say, forget it. We can't leave that rate. Rather than leave that rate, we think we're going to do some things to the house that we weren't going to do. And, mm-hmm. and maybe, we can, maybe we can swallow a home equity loan at a higher rate, uh, but we're not going to leave the, ba- the main mortgage. Mm-hmm. So that, we are seeing that kind of thinking happening in our, mar- in our industry. How, what are you seeing with the rates and how it's impacting buyers' thinking, sellers' thinking? Um, and then what do, you, what do you have any predictions for what's going to happen with the rates? Well, um, we're definitely seeing we're seeing that change. We, I was going to say, like last year, for we, we took like an average five hundred thousand dollar loan, three percent, right? Mm-hmm. That principal and interest around twenty one hundred. Mm-hmm. At six percent, it's about like a little less than three thousand. Yeah. Right. So you're almost like nine hundred dollars a month to a thousand dollars right now difference right. in buying power. That's really, significant. For these. It is. Yeah. 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 And people are staying, and that's the problem. Like, so they're staying in their houses. And then we're sort of like, sometimes we need people to like turn over and go to like a vacation spot or retire right, or do right, something right. because all these new people want to come into those homes. Right. And right. There's, there's the inventory isn't so the there. Inventory is yeah. Low. yeah, really, what is going on right now in terms of inventory? It's low. It's very low. Mm-hmm. And so that's, is that keeping the pricing high because there's just not much right. to choose from? Right. So our pricing in the north, go ahead, you want to talk like in the well, north? I was going to say that's exactly right. Um, for various reasons, sellers aren't selling. A, they feel like they maybe they missed the market top mm-hmm. last year, which I would argue that's not a reason not to sell. Right. Prices right. are holding up, and they're, they have a ton of equity, as I said before, up 20 30% since COVID alone. Mm-hmm. So if you've been in your home 10 or 15 years, you're sitting on a ton of equity. Yeah. So what's next? Well, I have a 3% mortgage, and if I'm going to buy a new house somewhere, it's going to be 6 6.5%. Right. Mm-hmm. And do I want to make that adjustment in my life? Mm-hmm. And where do I want to go? Can I find what I need, and, and what's my next step? Right. And so for a lot of reasons, sellers are staying put longer than they would have, mm-hmm. and that is definitely restricting inventory. So as these newer people come in, come into the country, they want to get out of renting, they want to raise a family, they're having a hard time finding a house. There sure. are only nine homes on the market in Andover right now. Holy cow, really? Yep. Seriously? When I get into the business about eight... <laughs> I know. Hey, that's what I'm here for. We're here to get sellers. Uh, when I got into the business in 2014, there would typically be 60, 80, 100 homes on the market, wow. which I didn't know it at the time, but that was a that was a very, very much a balanced, if not a buyer's market. Sure, sure. Now, sure. since in the last five years, it's been very much a seller's market. Very few homes on the market. When they do come home, when they do come on the market and they're priced right in the right condition, mm-hmm. they will get multiple offers. Mm-hmm. And yep. you won't hear that in the national news. Now, again, we're talking about greater Boston, southern New Hampshire. Yep. That's yep. our market here. The demand from buyers is there. And here we are, middle of February, very little snow on the ground. Snow's not the excuse. Right. Buyers are out there. Right, right. Yeah, it's the, the multiple offer thing. There was, for for a long time, especially during the pandemic, there there seemed to sort of be this frenzied mentality mm-hmm. of multiple offers, people being, un, people being willing to forego inspections, people being willing to forego, you know, like put all kinds of terms in just to get something, right? Yes. Um, the most we uh, saw was 500 over a million dollar listing price. 500,000. Oh 
That's yep. nuts. Yep. And then 450, 300. It was very common to see two to 300 over. So there was somebody that paid $1.5 million for a house listed at a million dollars? Right. However, it was. Pro it may have been a little under like price. Under, right. Uh, right. you know, it, might have, it could have gone on for a little bit more, but they were conservative. But still, they paid 500 over. That's price. amazing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, so we've we've simmered down a little bit. The good news is sellers are still getting a great price, yep. but buyers aren't having to give up everything to go get that house. Right. You right. Know, uh, the prices are not the five hundred over. Right. But if it's priced well and in the right condition, it will get a very very reasonable price for that seller. Mm -hmm. And buyers generally don't have to waive inspection at this time. Right. Yeah. Again, it depends on the home. Right. Um, everything is very specific locally to the home and the price and the situation. But we go into it now with the idea of holding on to some of those contingencies that maybe yeah. two years ago we would yeah, not yeah. be able to. And, and I'll tell you, like back to the, a, a different neighbor, same situation. You know, there was that frenzied mentality, mm -hmm. um, and they bought, and the house had been flipped, and the house had been flipped by somebody who was not a scrupulous flipper, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. and they felt this, this, they were compelled to get the house, and they didn't do an inspection, and then unfortunately after the fact. They uh, they got bit in the rear to find all kinds of rot that had been covered up and all kind yeah bad stuff right mm -hmm. so you know it feels like I mean, I'm sure your advice to, to buyers is you know be prudent right yeah. and, you know, be you, aware of the risks yeah. absolutely and we have different strategies we can use to mitigate those risks bringing yeah. in a contractor in advance that sort yeah. of thing mm -hmm. yep. But it's very risky to do that, particularly if you're a young couple with right. very limited on cash, very, very risky situation. Right, right, yeah, it's 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 uh, super dangerous. So anyway, circling back to the interest rates, I mean, I, you know, uh, we watched the Fed get pretty aggressive and um, raise the rates pretty quickly to slow down inflation, right, to kind of try to cool the economy off a little bit. And they're talking um, about at least one or two more. Yeah, and so the, the most recent bump was small, right, 25 basis points, relatively mm -hmm. relative to the other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, but they feel like they're not done. That makes me a little nervous because I wonder whether they're overcorrecting. Do you guys have any take on that? What's the discussion among realtors in, in the market? What's, uh, you know, any, any perspective? The interest rates from the Fed, Fed are going to go up another quarter to a half point mm -hmm. is what I heard yesterday, as recently mm -hmm. as yesterday. And I, too, worry that they're going to overdo it. Mm -hmm. um, the, the market, the economy as a whole, I think is dramatically slowed. The real estate business is down about 30% in terms of transactions. Yep. So there's 30% fewer deals being done. Now, it, before, let me interrupt you. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you attribute that to what we just talked about is lack no of market, inventory. lack of supply? Or do you attribute that to the interest rates cooling it off? Mostly lack of supply. Yeah. Because okay. if yeah. the right house comes on, they'll still get 10, 15 offers. Mm -hmm. The wow. buyers are there. I, yeah. I think psychology with people, too. I think they've, they've pushed the pause button. They sort of just want to play things out a little bit. Take a right. breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Some segment sense. of buyers have. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. And so so who knows where it's going, but, uh, but I'm concerned, you know, that that's going to swing too far and and then cool off too much and, and, and push us into a recession that might have been avoidable, but I'm also no world economist. <laughs> right. Well, hopefully people hold on to their jobs. I yep. can tell you right. the housing market is still strong. We're not seeing sellers that are desperate to sell mm -hmm. because they've been there 10 years. They have plenty of equity. So right. if they're in trouble, they should call a good agent and right. get out of that trouble exactly. before their bank exactly. calls. Exactly. Yeah. That's huge. You know, yeah. uh, because most sellers have plenty of equity in their home. Yeah. That, and, that's, and that's another thing like in, in terms of how that relates to our business and, and the improvement industry. You know, we, because there's that equity, it opens up the opportunity for people to borrow against that to mm -hmm. improve their home. And that's what we're seeing. And, and so far in the first you know, month and a half of the year, 
we're still seeing a lot of call activity, a lot of people that are engaging in conversations about the kind of projects that we always do. Mm -hmm. So that has not seemed to cool off despite the interest. So that's great. We, our forecast for you is excellent because sellers are choosing to modify their home right. because mm -hmm. they don't know where they're going and they don't want to pay for it when they right. find it. Right. right. And right. if they're going to stay there, like you know, three years, five years, they can enjoy it for yeah. a little while, but and then still be current when they go to sell. Mm -hmm. Right. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Right. People don't understand. Like they'll, you know, they may p paint and clean things up, but it's like if really if it hasn't been updated, if it's over the ten years old. It's not really current, mm -hmm. you right. know. Mm -hmm. Right, that's so, exactly right. Yeah. So pristine properties still are going quickly. People, want, they don't want to do the projects as much. They just want to like buy something re ready done, like already done. So right. it's sure. it's good for the you know the sellers. They'll if they do the projects before and you know do it neutral kind of for like you know everybody's palate. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, and uh, you know it, it those properties go quickly and get multiple offers. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, we had a we had one recently. We won like we got 13 offers. We were the we ours got accepted. There was another one um, in Wilmington, 34 offers. Holy 30, cow. So they could so like the and those are in the price the nice like first time buyers like the 500 to right. 700. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Which is amazing. Range. It's the first time <laughs> yeah. buyer. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine <laughs> that. Isn't that crazy? But uh, yeah. I uh yeah, so that's that's that is just incredible. So um as you as you're you, you've talked about your offer one right mm -hmm. so uh, as a realtor what uh, what kind of strategies are you bringing to the market what do you what can you do to help your clients mm -hmm. um, when you have a 15 offer scenario or when you have a 34 offer scenario and I've also got to assume that on the seller side of it it's overwhelming sellers are trying to parse you know what's the better offer and why you know um, and and how how do you gain traction in a com competitive market like that, if it's not just the number, right? Mm -hmm. if, if it, and I'm assuming it isn't just the number. I'm assuming, assuming is other variables that that sellers brokers are saying to take into consideration, right? Absolutely correct. So when we're a listing agent and we have 30 offers to sort through, that's a great job to have. Yep. <laughs> and, and I take it uh, with a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> and, uh, and we coach our sellers through that. We explain all the risks of the various situations because no offer is the same. Mm -hmm. um, and we have strategies to, to ferret out um, what the best one would be and mm -hmm. how to strategize to, we, to maximize our seller's outcome. Right. We, we vet financing. We'll look at the mm -hmm. whole, the, the offer, you know, mm -hmm. how much of a down payment did they go way over, you know, like someone who goes way over, but maybe has like 3% down. It's like, oh, that's, that's too, you know, 3%, 5%, you know? Yeah. So you just, you have to so look the, at is it. Is the question there whether they're going to be able to get the financing? Yes. That, yeah. That, or, or they could walk away from it easy, easier than someone who's willing to put, you know, 25% down, Got like it. someone who's really sought, like, I really want this property, I'm committed, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Now, when we have the buyer, our job is to uh, understand our buyer situation, what their strengths and weaknesses might be, mm -hmm. and then approach that listing agent and start building integrity, start mm -hmm. building that relationship and understanding what the seller's looking for. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a critical date. Maybe it's just money. Maybe it's their, they don't care about an inspection. Have at it, guys. Right. Okay, right. so we'll do the inspection. So when we're helping a buyer, we want to understand who they're competing with, what the seller wants, and, and also that agent relationship. We value our agent friends mm -hmm. in the business. It's called a cooperating relationship, and that's how we look at it for sure. 
um, and we look to strengthen those. So that's part of it too. So just a quick, interesting little story along those lines and along trying sort of the... the He's the king of anecdote, by the way. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so <laughs> sort of you know, how you package the buyer. Yes. Um, my sister just recently sold her house uh, in Atlanta in a very good market, in a very, very good part of Atlanta, um, and multiple offers right at a gate, right? And one of the buyers, one of the, one of the people making the offer, um, was really very strategic, and it was interesting because I think they had walked through the house and they discerned from being inside the house that my sister is a dog lover, right? And mm -hmm. so they're sending, they sent a lengthy letter about what it was that they felt connected to that house. And then they sent pictures of the dogs and pictures of, like, there was like a whole bunch yeah, of things. Yeah, there was right? a, whole, a whole thing. They're definitely marketing themselves. Oh, as, and, and it was awesome because she yeah. was like, you know what? I I like this. Oh, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. My sister was in hook, yeah. line, and sinker. She yeah. was like, right. "Oh, you had me at, at wolf." Right? That was the you know, <laughs> yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. And and I was I was sort of like, "That's the compelling thing." Is the, <laughs> right. is the buyer's dog is a compelling thing? But right. but I, you know, everyone's got a different hot button, right? Yeah, yeah. So we would coach our sellers to moderate that emotion mm -hmm. component and mm -hmm. look at the nuts and bolts of it. Sure. But as a buyer agent, we certainly try to do everything we can to layer in what's going to help that mm -hmm. buyer win that house. Yeah, interesting. And right. a lot of it does have, does point to credibility. Mm -hmm. And when the seller reads a letter like that, oh, yeah. a dog lover, et cetera, right. it's going to encourage that seller to trust that buyer a little more. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of it. You yeah. could accept an offer today, but if that buyer goes away in a week from cold right. feet or what have you, right. That's going to hurt you. Or even right. stories like, you know, we know you raised your family in this home. We can't wait to raise our family in this home right. sort of thing. And it's that really an emotional sort of, yeah. It's yeah. an emotional transaction. Yeah. And I suppose Definitely. if you're looking at a few different offers and all things are somewhat equal, then, yeah, you're going to be drawn to the person that you feel like yeah. would treat your house the way you love it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Seller, sellers still really want to know that... Like they have good memories there. They mm -hmm. they they want to pass their baby on to someone who's mm -hmm. going to take care of it and right. really enjoy it. And you know right. they really do. Yeah. They still. So we have more to ask. We have more to talk about. But um, for time constraints, let's wrap this up here, and then we'll do a part two with you. Does that sound good? Sure. Terrific. All right. So you have been listening to another episode of Renovation Made Right. And I am Brenda Bryan. And I'm David Bryan. We want to thank you very much for all the likes and for the uh, for the for the. Uh, questions, the letters we've been getting, and uh, and also for a bunch of downloads. Meryl told me we've broken 200,000 downloads. So Shocking. I'm pretty nice. psyched about that. So uh, I want to thank everybody for that and, uh, and appreciate that and keep on hitting that like button. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.